0: Take your Bibles, turn to the book of Revelation, chapter 3. Remain standing. Revelation is where we're going to find our main text today. Revelation, chapter 3, as I bring and preach to you a prophetic word in the next moments here that remain in our 11 a.m. service. Revelation 3, find verse 7. We do have notes for you. We'd encourage you to fill those in as we move along. Let's read the word of the Lord. Revelation, chapter 3, verse 7. And to the angel of the church of Philadelphia, right? These things, says he who is holy, he who is true, he who has the key of David, who opens and no one shuts, and shuts and no one opens. I know your works. See, I've set before you an open door that no one can shut it. For you have little strength, have kept my word, and have not denied my name. Indeed, I will make those Of the synagogue of Satan, who say they are Jews and are not, but lie. Indeed, I will make them come and worship before your feet. And know that I have loved you, verse 10, because you have kept my command to persevere. I also will keep you from the hour of trial, which will come upon the whole earth to test those who dwell on the earth. Behold, I'm coming quickly. Hold fast to what I have, to what you have, that no man may take your crown. He who overcomes, I'll make him a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go out no more. I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down from heaven from my God, and I will write on him my new name. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Come on, lift your voice and pray. Hallelujah. God, move in power. In the name of Jesus, Minister Micah, approach the uh, altar, the uh, the front of the church. Please come on, lift your voice. Thank you, Jesus, Lord. We love you. We bless you. We praise you. We exalt you. Magnify you. There's none like you, God. We ask that you'd move in power in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Uh, just by reading that text of scripture, um, in Revelation chapter one and verse three, it says that there's a blessing for all those who hear. The Word and read the Word and hear the Word in the book of Revelation. So every time you read the book of Revelation, it releases a blessing. So you just got by blessed because we read it. Can you say amen? amen. And so many, many don't realize that. I don't know if you've ever had the experience. Uh, never mind, thanks. I don't know if you've ever had the experience of being at a door that's locked or you think is locked, but actually it's open. I, I've been to my own front door and uh, we have keys of course, to lock our front door. And having given them to perhaps my wife, it's happened numerous times, I have a a key. Do you know what I'm talking about? I have a key that only I know and about 50 other people know where that key is. And so I went to go get the a key and uh, the key key's not there. And so the door's locked and I'm standing outside my door and inside is my chair. Inside is food. Inside is my computer, my stuff, my bed. Come on, inside is all the things that I want to get back to, but I'm locked outside my own house. And I've had that happen and just been like, man! You know, and you want to get on your phone and start texting and find out, you know, where is everybody? Well, to find out that they're inside, all having hot cocoa. (laughs) And the door is not really locked. You just thought it was locked, and so that you actually, oh, it was stuck, and you can walk right in. I want you to know this morning, as I preach to you this prophetic word, That there's an open door before us as a church. There's an open door before us as a people in the body of Christ. There's an open door before you and your family. And if you could apply and receive the word that I give you on this afternoon now, it'll change your life. It truly will. There are invisible barriers, and I would say invisible barriers, but also visible barriers, things that try to hem us in to keep us from what God has for us. Some of the invisible barriers would be thoughts within our own minds. The Bible calls those strongholds, mindsets. Eduardo Servoso says a mindset, and he's an Argentinian revivalist, a mindset that's impregnated with hopelessness that's contrary to God's Word. You can't have thoughts in your head that are contrary to truth. If you have thoughts in your head that are contrary to truth, they will hinder you from moving through the open door of God's blessing. If you have thoughts in your head that are lies, lies have power. The power of the devil is in the lie. And if you believe a lie, then you will be, you'll be derailed. You, you'll abort many times what God wants to do. So there can be a barrier in your thinking. There can be a physical barrier in your body. Maybe you've got a report from a doctor. I want you to know whatever barrier you might be facing today, it's all subject to change. God can change your stinking thinking. God can heal your body. God can touch you today. God can move what needs to be moved. You can speak to mountains. Things can change. Come on, there's an open door before us. Say it. There's an open door before us. Time barriers, all kinds of time barriers. I could take the rest of the service to talk about how God brought us breakthrough in the midst of difficulties and seeming obstacles that hemmed us in. God's saying to you, saying to me, saying to us as a people, move forward. Everybody say, move forward. Now, you need to move forward. It reminds me of the text where uh, Moses is leading the children of Israel and they come to the Jordan And they cry out to God, God, you see the Egyptians coming. And the Lord says to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Move forward. Move forward. And literally, the breakthrough had already happened, but they needed to move forward. They needed to do their part, and God was going to do his. They moved forward. He stretched out the rod, and the Red Sea parted. There are barriers that have kept you bound. There are barriers that will try to hold you back from the plan of God and you need to do your part to walk through the open door. And I tell you prophetically that there's an open door before you. Let's look at the text. Jesus holds the key of David. The key of David is an interesting term. You'll find it also used in Isaiah chapter 22 and verse 22. Eliakim was the gatekeeper. Eliakim was a gatekeeper there and in that text. And it talks about Eliakim having the authority holding the key of David. Now, many have have guessed on what the key is because we don't really know. You just have to look at the life of David and what does that mean, the key of David? And and I, I asked different people and I've done lots of study on it and really nobody really knows for sure. But keys open things. Keys open doors. When I think about David, I think of David as a worshiper. I think of David as a worshiping warrior. Think about how David was insignificant and really probably adopted or a, a son of, it uh, wasn't part of the regular lineage as it says in the Psalms. I think I was conceived in iniquity. He, he was most likely came from another mother than the rest of his brothers. Brothers. We don't know for sure, but we do know that he wasn't invited when the prophet came to town to offer sacrifices. He was left in the field. David, the handsome, ruddy one, he was left out there, and Samuel said, is there another? And they said, well, there's David, the youngest. But that, what that really means is like you know, the runt. The runt is in the field. The, the one that we don't really invite. The, the, the red-headed stepchild. In fact, ruddy actually can mean red-headed. That's a, that's a, that's a horrible term that you would call, but that you would use a red-headed stepchild, but it was actually probably the case with David. And he wasn't invited. Well, he came and oil was poured over his head and the the shepherd boy, the sweet psalmist of Israel, is the only one that's called a sweet psalmist of Israel, David. David is eventually, he's he's anointed as king, but then he has to go through pillar and post and, and the king tries to kill him and eventually he's made king. And for seven years, I believe, and then he becomes king over all of Israel. The first thing he does as king over all of Israel is to take the citadel of Zion. You know what that is? It's the stronghold of Zion. It's Jerusalem. It's a part of the promised land, but it wasn't taken. It wasn't subjugated because the, the Jebusites were still there. And David, the first thing he does as he, after he receives his coronation is goes right to the, the, the citadel or to Jerusalem, that high place, and he's going to make it the, the, basically the seat of his government, the city of David. It's going to make it Jerusalem. And so what he does is he attacks, and as he goes to attack, they mock him, and you can read this in 2 Samuel. Talking about the key of David. Trying to figure exactly what that means. They, they mock him and they say, oh, you know, if the lame, if the lame and, the, and the halt and the withered were here, they'd still repel you, David. You, you ain't nothing. And he challenges the, the men and Joab takes up the challenge. And he says, whoever goes up by the water shaft and opens up the gate from the inside... And he, and he declares that he's going to get this big blessing and have all this stuff. He's just going to get all this honor. Joab says, I'm in. I'm down. And he swims the water shaft. Now what most people don't know is that water shaft is a sewage pipe. So he gets the job of going in to open up the gate, but he has to thrim, swim through the sewage. Some of you are on the way through the sewage pipe to open up the gate. Come on, it feels like that. Just keep your mouth shut. Come on, somebody say Hallelujah. Some of you are still swimming in sewage because your mouth is open. You don't want to swim, you're swimming in sewage. Keep your mouth yeah, Keep your mouth shut, keep your mouth closed. and Joab swims up. Now we don't know how he opens the gate, but I'm promise you the gates were locked. There is in an ancient times, and Isaiah 22 talks about the gatekeeper, that the, the key would be on the shoulder, that gatekeepers would hold the key on their shoulder. So he goes and he gets the key. We don't know how he opened the gate. It doesn't say in 2 Samuel, but he got the key and he opened the gate. It, we can assume from that and relate it. I don't think we'd be stretching it too far to say that the key of David is the key that opens up gates of influence, a key that opens up resources, a key that brings about fulfillment, a key, a key that opens up a place to the palace, we could say, couldn't we? And, and in this text, it's talking about Jesus holds. The keys of David. In Revelation chapter 1 and 17, when I saw him, I fell as though dead. He placed his hand on me. This is Revelation 1 and 17. Don't be afraid. I'm the first and the last. I am the living one. I was dead. And now look, I am alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys of death and Hades. This is Jesus talking in Matthew 16, 19, as well as in Matthew 19. It talks about the keys of the kingdom. I give you the keys of the kingdom. Whatsoever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatsoever will be loosed on earth will be loosed in heaven, right? So Jesus has keys. Now, I want you to go to Hebrews chapter 9. So Jesus has opened the door that no one can shut, verse 7. In our main text, Revelation 3 and verse 7, Jesus opens a door. He has a door that's open. Come on, say Jesus has opened a door for me. He has, and he's opened a door for me too. Let me tell you how I got to this text where you're turning there to Hebrews talking about an open door, a door to heaven. A door to heaven is open. What do you mean by that? I was in my office, and I was studying and praying, and I love these moments when I'm not in a series. I just took a pause from my series. And I love it because it sort of allows me just to preach whatever the Holy Spirit would say to me. It's not that that doesn't happen at other times. We allow him to, and he can, look, it's his church. But I could work on a message for, for 10 or 15 hours, and the Lord can pull the plug and say, you're not doing that. And, and we want him to speak. I, I don't have 52 messages that I get from some magazine that I then preach to you uh, what I'm going to preach on week. I have no idea what I'm preaching, usually. I'm, I'm led, try to be led by the Spirit. And so as I'm seeking the Lord, a lot of things swirling around, uh, there's all kinds of miracles and all kinds of miracle messages and things the Lord's talking to me about, warfare. And, and so I'm just praying, and I, and I just get to rest. And I mean this scripture came alive as I was at my desk, and it jumped off the pages and just like lit up my room and lit up my heart. And as I sat there with God's power on me, he says to me, tell the church I'm giving them an open door. And I'm just like, whoa! And then I didn't know what was going to happen. The intensity of God's presence and power came into my office, increased more, went to the next level, went to the next level, and then somebody knocked at my door. Which I took as a divine interruption, which is fine. You all there in Hebrews? You see, what's happening for me is I'm beginning to experience another level of power and encounter. And that's a good thing. You measure and you weigh encounters by the Word of God, not by your feelings. You, you, you weigh everything, you overlay everything with the Word. If it doesn't match up with the Word, you toss it. There's many things I don't understand, but this, this I have a grasp of. Hebrews 9 and 24. For Christ has not entered the holy place made with hands, which are copies of the true, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us, Let's stop. What's he talking about? First of all, when Moses was on the mountain, he was given instruction to build the tabernacle and how to build it. All the dimensions are there. As well as the temple, which is, is the next step of holding the glory of God in a place called the Holy of Holies. And one day out of the year, the high priest would come and he would sprinkle blood in the Holy in the Holy of Holies on the mercy seat for his sin and the sins of the people. It was called the Day of Atonement. It's also called the Fast the apostle paul called it the fast but what he was walking into and he had to do it in a prescribed way otherwise he would die and there was all kinds of procedures of how to do that and you can read the book of leviticus and learn all about that it's the sacrificial system but when the what the high priest was walking into was a copy it was not the actual thing i have uh, been given a uh, a copy of a World War II airplane, and it's to scale. It was given to me for a, a birthday gift when I turned 50, I think, and it sits on my dresser, and it's really cool, all right? And, and I look at that plane, it's exact copy of the real thing, but it's this big. Okay, when you go outside here into the lobby and you look at our, 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 um, our blueprints, these are just, th- these blueprints are actually the scale out here, but they're, they're just really snapshots or pictures. If you go to the job site and you get into the job, the job shack there, which is not really a shack, it's a nice little job building, there are hundreds of pages. I mean, they're like this thick. All the steel, all the mechanical, all the concrete, all the electrical, everything is all there. All of the plans are there, and so you can look at the plans and go, "Well, this is this is how it's supposed to be done." Oh, oh, this is where that's going. And then you look out and you can see this not a copy, but the actual thing rising from the ground. It's absolutely supernatural. It's amazing. So what Hebrews is saying is saying that when Jesus came, the high priest, look, look at verse 24 again. Christ has not entered the holy place made with hands, which are copies of the true. He's saying he didn't go into the holy of holies, not the tabernacle of the temple. He went into the real thing. He went into, there's one in heaven. There's a, there's a holy of holies in heaven. He said Christ went into there, not the copy. He went into the real place. Not the type and the shadow, but the real place. He goes on to say, verse 25, not that he should offer himself often as a high priest enters the most holy place every year with the blood of another. He would then have to suffer often since the foundation of the world, but now once at the end of the ages, he has entered pardon me, he has appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. Verse 27, and as it appointed men once to die, after that the judgment, so Christ was offered once to bear the sins of many. Go to Hebrews chapter 10. So understand that What's happening is that what Jesus did, Jesus is really the key of David. Can we just talk about it like that? And the key of David, the only thing that can open up your access to the throne room is the blood of Jesus, is his final sacrifice. That's why we can boldly come and stand on his word and say, by his stripes you're healed. That's why sickness, infirmity, disease, and every witchcraft curse has got no right over me, no right over you. If you're walking with God and you understand the authority that he's given you the key, and you don't have to back off you don't have to let up you can let that just permeate your heart and know that you've got a you've got a passport to go into heaven there's a door open in heaven that most people don't use because you had a salad during your fast or you think you're unworthy you're made worthy by one thing the blood of blood of Jesus is what makes you worthy Hebrews 10 and 19. Therefore, but say therefore. Brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he consecrated for us through the veil, that is his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance and confidence of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Understand as you turn to Revelation 4, understand that there's a door that's open in heaven for you. But you've got to take it, it's true. Quit murmuring and complaining. and Come on, Jesus isn't going to come and die on a cross again. He already did that. He already did. Why? So that you could be cleansed, so you could be washed, so that you could have a boldness to come before the throne. Most people don't have a prayer life because they don't understand what I just read. There's a door open in heaven, Revelation 4. After these things, verse 1, I looked and behold a door standing open in heaven. John is brought into the Spirit in verse 2. Immediately I was in the Spirit and behold a throne set before me in heaven. You know, the answer that you have, the answer that God has for you is in heaven. He's, He's got it for you. It's in his word, of course, but you have access to boldly come before him. And in His presence, there's fullness of joy. At His right hand, there's pleasures forevermore. And the Holy Spirit, the presence of God, doesn't dwell inside some temple made by hands, not human hands. Oh, He comes to live inside your heart and my heart. Yes, it's true. An open door. Come on, someone say, there's an open door in heaven for me. Yeah. Listen, if you really get a hold of this, you can go home. Lie down on your bed. Listen to me. Listen. Some of you, some of you don't get it. You can lie down on your bed, silence that the yippy yap of the over voice of your mind, and enter into God's presence and power, and let Him visit you and show you stuff. Now, some of you don't do that because you think, well, I'm just now who am I? Who are you? You're a child of God. You're a saint, hagios, a holy one. How are you made holy? By the blood. But most people are so distracted by Instagram. Snap, tweet, twick, tweak, whatever it is. I don't know. It's distracted by all the tweaking, twittering stuff. And God wants to show you stuff. There's an open door in heaven. Say it. There's an open door in heaven. A door for a witness. Now, that this is a door, an effectual door. The Apostle Paul uses in Acts 14, 1 Corinthians 16, Uh, 2 Corinthians 12, and Colossians 4 and verse 3. I'll read that one. It says this. Meanwhile, pray for us also that God would open for us a door for the word to speak the mystery of Christ. So there's an open door. So when the Lord spoke to me from this text, He said, there's an open door. I knew what He was saying as His power came. There's a place for you to come into my presence. I want to show you things. And there's also a door open for witnessing. We are entering into an unprecedented time of soul winning. We've had almost as 800, over 800 souls won to Christ since June 11th, Father's Day. And it's not going to stop. That's outside the church. I'm not talking about inside. I'm talking about outside. There's a group of people that are understanding and getting the value of a soul. Listen, heaven and earth will pass away, but his word will remain forever. And God called you. He called me to be alive at this time, to declare the glorious news of Jesus to a lost and a hurting and a dying world the door of witnessing. Thirdly, a door of opportunity. What are you saying? I'm telling you, there's unprecedented opportunities in business. America is going to cross over, already has. You can see it in the news. I knew it before, but I believe that we're entering into a time of unprecedented breakthrough in every area for those that will receive it. I believe that there's going to be a great release of wealth. It's a good time to start a business, it's a good time to do something maybe. you want to, Come on, you're supposed to write the checks, not sign the backs. You understand what I'm telling you? God's people need to rise up to a new place, move beyond a welfare mentality, and begin to overtake, begin to conquer, begin to move into a place of dominion and authority. Come on, begin to move in. I have set my king in Zion, says so- I might preach in a second. I've, I've set my king in Zion, that's Psalm 2. We need to put people in places of authority, gatekeepers. We need people that have the keys of David to stand in government positions, to stand in places of education, to stand in the place of the arts, to make movies and to to be those that are trendsetters, to change our dying, damned culture by the power of the Holy Spirit. Don't wave a white flag and hope for him to come back. I mean, he is going to come, but meanwhile, you're here. Why? So that you can open a door for others, that you can witness and make a difference. Can you say amen? Amen. A door of opportunity, I believe, for investments. I mean, it's basically expanding the kingdom. Many of you have felt hemmed in and hopeless. Shake it off and declare an open door over your life. Shake it off and declare declare an open door over your life. Maybe maybe God's told, told you to start a business. There's wisdom in doing that. There's a right way to do it. You say, how how do I do that? I'm I'm not a business starting type of guy. I'm about the father's business. And the truth is, I've got my own unique gift mix in the midst of the body of Christ. But there are others that are like, I mean, they have a what I would call like a Cyrus anointing. I mean, everything they touch turns into favor, blessing, and resources. And when they understand that, when you understand you make God your CEO, and you allow for him to download ideas into your mind, into your heart, and then you begin to take biblical action towards that, God opens up resources for those who believe him for it. And there's lots of people that are part of the church like that. So if God's called you to be a part of it, you feel like you want to start a business, for God's sake, don't just do it on your own wisdom. You don't really have all that much. Probably, if you're anything like me, we need help. Come on, someone say we need help. So you can network with people, and connect with people, and learn, and grow, and yes, study, and get educated, but above all, have faith to know that God's opening up a door. God's speaking to us very simply, God's gonna help us overcome the obstacles. Our lack of strength, look at verse eight. Our lack of strength, I know your works, and I'm glad that God sees all of that. I set before you an open door that no one can shut. For you have a little strength, that you've kept my word and not denied my name. Little strength, is a, it doesn't apply to weakness in, that you would, in the way that you would think of it. It requires to real strength, which is actually you understand that you don't have any, and you look to God, and he gives you everything you need. It's, it's, it's a revelation that in your weaknesses, strength is made perfect. That's what that is. I was a, a, a salesperson for Gold's Gym and a, and a personal trainer years ago in Port Jefferson, New York. And they, they, they had all of these professional bodybuilders, which were like, I mean, it's impressive to watch. But there's so much flesh in that, I, I just can't. Uh, if you walked between one of these guys or girls and the mirror while they're flexing or something, you know, you, you would be in some serious trouble. No, really, I mean, like screaming at you, like how dare you even think about walking in front. They're the original selfies, even before we had phones. It, it's, I remember I went to walk in front of the... I, I wasn't paying attention. I mean, he was a good, was a good space. And The guy's like, Ugh! I go to walk in front of some guy, grab me, he says, don't ever walk in front of that guy. He's flexing. I'm like, really? Oh, okay. I thought I was gonna get sprayed by one of his popping vessels. <laughs> it was, it was, I'll tie it into the little strength in a second. It was Easter and my mother sent me a card and uh, I was handed the card, it was sent to Gold's Gym, and I was handed it, while it was handed to me while I was in a, in a staff meeting with all of the salespeople and, and the owner. And uh, I'm opening my mail, and the meeting has started. I open it up, and I, it only has, in my mother's handwriting, it just said, he lives. It was Easter time. I open it up, and when I read it, the power of God hit me. I was backslidden. I hadn't been quite delivered yet. I'd turned from the Lord. I still believed, but I was in sin and far from him. And I read, I, I, as soon as I read, he lives, it was like the power of the Spirit of God hit me. I was like, whoa. And I guess it was noticeable because my, the owner says, what do you got there? I said, oh, nothing, it's just a card. What is it? I said, it's an Easter card. What does it say? So everybody's like stopping, doing what they're doing. They all look at me. And I'm like, uh, it says he lives. When I said he lives, the owner said he lives. And then everybody said he lives. And it was like, whoa. I mean, like, I mean, all our hair stood on end, and we're like, he lives. Oh, he lives. I was so convicted. I'm like, oh, God, get me out of this hole. And I think it was just shortly after that I had this imaginative thing happen. It was like, I was watching one of these guys. I don't know. I mean, the guy was super. He didn't have a neck. You know I mean? He's just massive. 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 I mean, like, anyway, huge. And he's, he's flexing in front of the mirror. I had this. This idea, and I think it was the Lord, and it was an angel looking at at this guy flexing, and he's just like, <laughs> "Hey, Gabe, Gabriel, come check this out, check that out. Some little guy on the earth flexing. Listen, God is the one who has the devil is a, is a created thing. The devil and God aren't battling." That's Zoroastrianism. That's not Christianity. Christianity is we serve the risen Savior, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And there's not one thing that the devil can do. Come on, he's got—he's on a time clock, and his time is short. And he roars around like a like a lion, trying to devour who he can. But God is on the throne, and the devil's been defeated. And you can make it. You can overcome. There's an open door before you. Can you say hallelujah? Oh, I gotta hurry. You've kept my word, not denied my name. There are very clear obstacles, a lack of strength. But what it's saying is even if you feel weak, he'll give you what you need so you can make it. Persecution. The church in Philadelphia was persecuted by the synagogue of Satan. Now, that doesn't mean that synagogues are of Satan, that's not what that's saying. What it's saying is that there were those in the synagogue, Jews, who weren't real Jews, they weren't believing Jews. They were unbelieving liars, but posing as, as Jews. And they were causing a lot of difficulty for the church in Philadelphia. And there are people that pose as Christians. There's wolves that come in sheep's clothing. Who are they? I don't know. Won't last long around here, you get set on fire or something by the Lord. <laughs> by the Lord, everybody say by the Lord. Come on, you gotta say with meaning, by the Lord persecution is real though and many of you have faced persecution in your own families when you were Catholic maybe you became a believer and got born again and they're like oh no you're out you know I don't know what you've been through and I don't think any of us here have burned at the stake but there is persecution and even in the midst of it God will help you can you say amen difficult circumstances because you've kept my command to persevere wow come on don't quit be encouraged. God's opening a door. Worship team, would you come, please? He's given us promises, and we got to believe them. He's given us opportunities. Ushers, would you help us, please? I want everyone to take one of these cards. I had 500 of them printed, so we'll probably be running out in the next service, but that's okay. I think they're printing more. I want everybody to take one of these. Quickly, Ushers, quick. My time is short. I've got to, I've got to close for the 1 o'clock. I want everyone to take one of these cards. It's called Operation Andrew. And on the card, thank you, sir. Thank you. On the card, you'll see a list, uh, one through seven. I want you to put names of people that you're believing to be saved. Why would you do that? Because we're going to reach them. And over the next several weeks, we're going to pray for these. We're going to pray, and God is going to move. So you, you write down Come on, every one of us knows someone that doesn't know Jesus. And it'll be a part of our service. We will do it in Sunday morning. We'll do it Sunday night. We'll put our cards out. We'll say, come on, let's pray for Operation Andrew. And we're going to pray for them by name. You fill these out. Stick it in your Bible. Nobody's collecting it from you. You go ahead and do that. And I'll tell you what will happen. God will open a door to reach the lost. God will open a door. It's His will that none would perish but all would come to repentance. So go ahead, take that home. You pray, write down that. Write down those names. Stick it in your Bible, stick it in your, your journal. He's going to give us opportunities. He's going to show his favor to us. Come on, someone say God's going to show his favor. He's going to keep us. That's one of my, my wife's and mine favorite thing about the Lord is that even in spite of us, He he keeps us. I don't know how I've ended up being here at this time in history, but I'm so glad, I'm clearly aware that I don't really have too much to do with it. We just keep saying yes and keep trying to live for Him. And try to keep keeping our heart for out of it flows the issues of life. We've got to repent a lot. Does Anybody besides me have to repent a lot. Difficult week of warfare this week, but we stand here declaring the goodness of God in the land of the living because God keeps us. What He what He keeps us. He'll keep you. He'll honor you and make you a pillar in His house. These verses are so profound pillar in the house of God It's a picture of having a new identity. It's a picture that in the midst of earthquakes, you'll still be standing. The church of Philadelphia would experience a lot of earthquakes in that region. It says no longer will you go out and come in and go out and come in. What does that mean? And when there're earthquakes, had would run out of the city. And when there was a big earthquake there would be a pillar that'd still be standing there he said you're going to be like a pillar even though there's a whole lot of shaking going on because god's going to shake what can be shaken so that what remains of him you will stand there as a new identity as a new creature in christ no longer tossed to and fro by every wind and wave of doctrine but a pillar in the house of god with a new name come on with his favor on you it's a picture of identity it's a picture of not being moved a picture being established yakin and boaz I don't have time to go into all of that. Joaquin and Boaz at the temple. A pillar in the house of God. He'll transform us. Come on, someone say He's going to transform me. Yeah, He will. He'll change you. He'll transform you. Come on, someone say, Jesus, help me. Say thank you for the open door. Did you get something from God today? Stand up on your feet all across this place with every head bowed, every eye closed. want to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior today because you've never received him. If that's you, I want you to pray this prayer with me right out loud. You want to give your heart to Jesus for the first time or make a recommitment to him, pray right out loud. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die in my place and to rise again from the grave for me. Forgive me of all of my sin and come into my life. Come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Wash me. Cleanse me. Make me new. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. So I declare and proclaim, I decree today an open door before us, your people here in King's Chapel, Alaska. I decree, I declare, I proclaim that every hindrance is broken and that salvation springs up with the right and the left opportunities to witness an open door i thank you for an open door for our building i thank you for the establishment of your kingdom i thank you for boldness an open door in heaven and miracle power being released in homes in life groups in in the teams lord do it i pray and i thank you and praise you for it in jesus name Amen and amen